plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And welcome back to Cantrip Cartel, your weekly dose of nonsense and bullshit. Uh, we are here to cover anything that we feel like talking about. Luckily, Matt said he had something to talk about before our, uh, during our pre-show, so he'll be able to kind of fill this whole episode with what he's got going on. But before all that, we're going to start off with Matt. How you doing today? Oh, I'm all right. <clears throat> we'll just leave it at that. You're going to rely on me, and you're going to get a three-word answer. <laughs> well, I uh, guess we'll see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm I'm doing okay. I've got... I can't seem to get sleep figured out, <clears throat> and I have a perpetual headache. So, I don't know. I've got a like doctor's an appointment. a lot of bitching. I've got a doctor's appointment in March. Um, it's probably brain cancer. I hope so. Like, hopefully, Hopefully it's one of those, like, you know... Six months to live, and then the lights shut off. I don't like not like a steady decline because I don't want to try and get this keep this podcast going while you're like on chemo or whatever. Right? <clears throat> you think it's exciting now? Wait till one of us is wasting away. Uh, oh my gosh! But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not much going on for me. Basically, I mean, shit. When was the last time we recorded? It was, it was last, last Tuesday. Week. Yeah. Yep. So, <clears throat> my schedule is kind of honing in. I mean, actually, we had our meeting, and I should have the schedule should be pretty locked, with the exception of like people taking vacation or whatever. And it's Tuesdays will be my day off every week, and then every other weekend. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, my wife was sick, so like most of this week, I've just been kind of taking care of her and hanging out with her, so she's not like sitting around sick alone. Um, <clears throat> let me think here. Obviously, you came over this weekend. On Saturday, we played some pre-modern. We did play um, some more pre-modern, which I'm still really enjoying. Yep, me too. So I had made some tweaks. Uh, I had changed Dead Guy Ale, which is, um, for anybody who plays Legacy, there's a lot of uh, overlap between Dead Guy Ale and Legacy and Modern. Uh, at least as far as the game plan goes, obviously the cards are going to be slightly different. But basically like a black-white mid-range deck. It's pretty much what Dead Guy, Dead Guy Ale is. Mm-hmm. Uh I changed it to a black-white, like, more of a hard control list. I like that a little better. Um, <clears throat> in uh, pre-modern, the, uh, uh, I guess it's referred to, the guy who started making the uh, the changes and whatnot and the pivots in those directions referred to it as playable dead guy ale because you yeah. just uh, cut all the bad cards, um, which basically boils down to cutting Hypnotic Spectre and Dark Ritual. And uh, adding in some other stuff, uh, Phyrexian Arena, typically speaking, also comes out and uh, is replaced with uh, Skeletal Scrying. Um, like, Disenchant and Disenchant-style effects are everywhere in Modern, so it's pretty rare that an Arena sticks around for more than a couple turns. At that point, you might as well just cast Skeletal Scrying. Like, mm-hmm. if you spend three mana on Arena and you spend three mana on Skeletal Scrying, you're probably going to get two cards. Mm-hmm. One Sorcery Speed, one's not. <clears throat> So, um, not to mention the upside of Skeletal Scrying is also, in my opinion, higher. Uh, the upside of Arena, if it sticks around, is like, Arena's really good if it sticks around. So, I'm not trying to knock Arena, but, I Heard mean... here first, folks. Matt, uh, Matt claims Arena's trash. Uh, but, I mean, you saw the power of me just going, uh, into your turn, I'm going to tap out and draw uh-huh. five cards. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> I guess I win this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, late game. 
Because you have to lose that life, though, don't you? Yeah, you do lose life. So, like, it's obviously it's not very good in any high-pressure matchup, but, like, late in the game against any kind of a control deck or um, a pseudo-combo deck, like I was playing Stifle Knot, which is borderline combo deck. And, yeah, like, if the game goes long, you have the chance, chance of just, like, top-decking a seven-mana draw five or draw yeah. six. Mm-hmm. And uh, the deck also runs Exalted Angel as one of its uh, win conditions, uh-huh. which frequently doesn't it doesn't have to come down on like turn 10 like you can very easily just get an exalted angel down early and like so it's not uncommon to draw to gain you know between 4 and 12 life easily in a matchup so like the life loss from skeletal scrying is really heavily negated by just the way the deck is built um so i like that yeah, uh, I, I, I seem need... to I, I seem to consistently be finding myself playing against Matt and just magically in these matchups that I'm pretty sure are unwinnable. And it's crazy. <laughs> I don't think Matt has had very many this is just unwinnable games against me. Nope. That's because uh I don't have any games that are unwill unwinnable, sir. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't I just don't know how I've got I've been the unlucky one who plays like, hey, I'm playing you know, I, I'm I because I pick my deck and Matt almost always picks his deck at random. It's not like he's not like he's pub stomping me. Yep, I just reach over and grab a deck. But it's like, hey, I'm playing Stifle Knot against the deck that has 15 removal spells in it, mainboard. Yep. And then sideboard, it adds like six more. Yeah, that was pretty. Or funny. it's like, hey, I'm playing, uh, I'm playing Stasis against the deck that has like seven discard outlets. So Black Vice will never kill them. Yep. This game is fun. <laughs> it's just a challenge. It's just another. Po- it's just another puzzle to solve. Hey, I'm playing Stasis against Elves. <laughs> hey, and he, that's only happened all, once. <laughs> they all untap themselves. Like, like I'm that... under a Stasis lock, and he just spent nine mana this turn. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. I love that. Uh, I actually only played Elves once since we started going. <clears throat> I know. I'm surprised you don't. Like, I mean, it's not. I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm. I'm just surprised you don't grab it more often. Like. My, my mentality with this is, like, clearly I want Stasis to be my deck. It's either going to be Stasis or Blue-White Control, and I'm kind of leaning towards Stasis because I like it. But, like, I every day I show, when we show up, because we're, we're playing about once a weekend, once a week, and I want to play Stasis between two and three matches, no matter what. And then I just play whatever, goof around a little bit. You've just kind of been a lot more along the lines of, like, eh, if I grab Elves, I grab Elves. Yeah, pretty much. I uh, Like, I want to play Elves, and it's a good deck, and I enjoy playing it, but, like currently the way i'm kind of approaching pre-modern is i don't want to assume any deck is going to be my deck i want Mm -hmm. to play a bunch of decks and figure out which ones i like and then that'll be my deck yeah which i mean obviously i got into pre-modern because elves is what like enticed me into the format and i do enjoy it but like i also i really like that black white control list um i had a lot of fun playing that it looks uh, like a lot of fun to play, too. It is. And it's, like, it's not even, like, the list I was playing, um, you know this, Jake, but obviously our listeners don't. The list I was playing wasn't even really complete. Um, yeah, I know. It doesn't have, you're running, like, one... Oh, you're ahead. running a Dust Bowl mana base without with no Dust Bowl. <laughs> yeah. So there were there was a couple games where it was just, like, I got absolutely flooded. And, yep. uh, which, which also, love playing Stasis against the deck that has 28 26. <laughs> 26 <laughs> 26 lands but uh um yeah it's uh it's fun 
it's a lot of fun. Uh, Decibel obviously helps the deck a ton, especially in like the control matchups where mm-hmm. it's just like, well, control de- like control mirrors. Obviously, it's not going to necessarily be a mirror, but like control matchups often revolve around just hitting your land drops, mm-hmm. and like Dust Bowl just wins those matchups. Where yeah. It's just like I'm going to keep you off a of color, and I'm just going to maintain a mana advantage and just like fuck your mana base it's like oh you're playing blue white cool you don't have any well, white and like and, and not even in a world where like you're not even necessarily keeping them off a of color which you probably are but just the idea like a control a control deck wants to just be like i never cast spells just go pass go and it, when you get to be like okay well at the end of your turn you know we'll we both sack field of ruin field of or wasteland like that's the power of it to me it's just that like what a control deck wants to do is just sit back and like build a hand up and just not play the game and dust bowl is super happy to do that half your draws are going to be lands so every turn that your opponent is like draw i don't know play an island go you can be like cool blow up your island well My turn land go your turn i'll draw a thwart go ahead oh cool blow up your land yeah dust bowl does only hit non-basics <clears throat> so like you can't like hard lock people out. I wish you could. But I thought Dust, I thought Dust Bowl was a. I thought Dust Bowl was four mana strip mine. Nope, it's four mana wasteland. Wasteland, sadly. legitimate wasteland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So that's not nearly as powerful as I thought. But it's still powerful. Your, your, but... Well, your point still stands though. Fundamentally, it gives you a way to utilize your mana at instant speed every turn to do something that progresses your game plan. So yeah. like. It's like um, having main lands in a, in a control in a against a control deck where yep I'm not casting my creatures so your thwart and your counterspell and your arcane denial can go shove it right and on top of that it also hoses main lands which are a huge part of the format yep so like yeah it's a strong deck yeah it's a strong I mean, strategy and main lands are fucking everywhere in this format. Yeah. Like, Treetop Village is all over the place, Mishra's Factory is all over the place, and then you've got a smattering of the other ones, um, like one of the builds. So there's, uh, um, if we want to actually talk about tournaments, we can, because there's actual, and I thought about doing that. Um, So there's a, uh, the modern, or what's it called? The Magic Online Society runs leagues, um, which they, they play on Moto, but the client itself doesn't run them so they have to like run them through discord and whatnot yeah basically it's like you're you run a you run a challenge but you match you match you're not you're sending requests you're looking for people yeah so um we've got some results for elite from a league and then they're actually starting a monthly challenge so an actual tournament with like i think it was uh this one in january which happened i was gonna we were gonna talk about it last week but i just forgot to bring it up and we just got rambling about other shit Uh um but there was a. Uh, Do I need to reactivate our mana traders? Not quite yet, but like at some point, probably. Like I because we we do have it connected to the Cantrip Cartel account that I bought, so mm-hmm. like we can you you can rent a deck and you can play in these events if you. Yeah. So this uh, the lead or the challenge, which it was the first one, had thirty four people in it. This was on uh, the date it got posted was January twentieth. Um, one of the guys I watch on YouTube won it with a red white or red green Terravor oath um where does that where'd that list go which was actually his innovation it was cool because uh, like he's got the the challenge he went undefeated just fucking nine owed it wow um that's pretty impressive yeah he came up with his deck list he then um went on michael flores's 
podcast to talk about it. He co-hosted that episode with him to talk about it and go over the challenge. And uh, he's just like, yeah, I just kind of like he he basically wanted to shore up some matchups. And one of the one of the weaknesses of uh, the Oath decks, the Terravore Oath decks, is like go wide kind of strategies. Uh-huh. And so he's like, I really want to have like Pyroclasm to handle that shit. But, like, you really can't. The mana bases in pre-modern, like, three colors just really stretches your mana base. Even in mm-hmm. a deck that runs 29 lands. Um, especially because, like, if you... Obviously, nobody's got the lists in front of them. But, like, these lists run between six and eight uh, double green stone ran, stone rains. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's, your mana base is heavily taxed. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you got a bunch of... Uh, utility lands in there too they run like rashad and port uh and wastelands so like you've got 29 lands but like eight of them don't produce mana Mm -hmm. like actually produce colored mana and fetches don't get dual lands so like your wooded foothills gets a forest or a mountain (laughs) that is that is a we were talking about when we played i think i would prefer there be no fetch lands because i like i like a more I, i like a pure uh format that doesn't have fetch lands with perfect mana but mm-hmm. I will say that pre-modern is the absolute next best thing where fetch lands get basics. Yeah. I like that. That is absolutely. Now the only thing I'm upset about is the uh, the shuffling. Because, like, well, it does, like, quote-unquote fix your mana base. You're still having to make hard decisions. There have been multiple times where, like, you, were, I remember I was playing against you, and it's like you had, like, a Mistress Factory, an island, and a Flooded Strand. And you have to fetch your second island to cast Counterspell possibly locking yourself out of white yep because you only a, have four flooded strands and maybe one or two planes and that's a really good cost i like that a lot yep so like three color decks just don't work i mean they work you can do them and there are a couple that kind of float around there um but they get really hard on your life because you have to run like a bunch of pain lands and like city of brass or like gemstone mine which eventually blows itself up mm-hmm. um some people do combine the uh, gemstone mine with the caverns which i don't have you seen those jake like um they're from invasion and it'll be like dromar's cavern and when it etbs you have to return a land to your hand or sacrifice it and then it taps for one of any uh, one of three colors that correspond oh. with the uh invasion block legendary oh, okay. dragons did they come in untapped i believe so yes so you don't lose a man of that turn but you do lose you do miss a land drop you do miss a land drop because you could yeah. Because yeah, because you could tap me. You know, I can oh tap my island for blue, then play this, bounce it. But yeah. yeah, you're still falling behind. Although I will yeah. say in this format, falling behind is not like like the number of times we've been playing and like I miss my third land drop for two turns, and it's like I'm still in this. Oh, this for is, sure, this is still a game. Whereas like in modern Magic, you miss your you miss you know your third or fourth land for a couple turns, the game's done. You are, it's over. Leave. Yep, and uh, so a lot of people combine that gemstone mine with those caverns. Uh-huh. Because you, you get down to one uh, counter on your gemstone mine, and you just bounce it back to your hand with a cavern, and then you can replay it next turn and go back up. And it, like, really fixes your mana there, just to finish that point. But to go back to what you were saying, the other thing I like about this, as far as mana bases go, is when you miss your land drops, in my opinion, it doesn't feel quite as bad because no deck has fucking, like, a billion... There's no deck that has perfect mana. Mm-hmm. Like with like all the cantrips and whatnot that just is constantly playing with a stacked deck. So like variance just happens and you're like, yeah, I mean, I missed my land drop, but like last game he missed his because like we're both playing a route as far as like 
just ripping cards off the top most decks are relatively even on that there are some that go hard into the like mediocre cantrips that are legal Mm -hmm. but i mean most of the time it's like you're either paying two mana for impulse you've got portent which is good but doesn't draw you the card that turn so like hitting your land drops with that is a lot more difficult yeah um and then you've got like the one mana crappy ones like opt where it's like look at the top card of your library mm-hmm. put it on the bottom or not draw a card or sleight of hand which sleight of hand is a decent card but it's still nothing like brainstorm or ponder which might, sleight of hand is like i might entertain switching out portents with sleight of hands and try them out I, I, i'm kind of curious how valuable the card is that turn versus portent getting it next turn mm-hmm. and like digging just one card more, yes like one, one card less deep up to whatever. two cards less yeah, which is yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I kind of want to try it though. Like, I, I'm I'm ready to start like tinkering around. I I, I think I was saying like, I, st- I want to play like another five or six matches with uh, with Stasis, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to I'm sorry to start tinkering and see what I want to change. I also want to run a league. We talked about running leagues at your house. Mm-hmm. Maybe the next time I come over, I kind of want to do that. I kind of want to like pick a deck, or we can roll a dice and see who get like you can pick elves and I'll pick, and then I'll be your opponents, or you can I'll pick Stasis and you be the opponent but just like grab a deck and run through a, a league and see how we did yep so uh yeah that's so like without making any hard promises or going into any spoilers jake and i are working on like how exactly to flesh out like combine pre-modern with our podcast mm-hmm. so that's one of the uh, ideas i had was basically just run a league where like like he said you just run five matches one of us picks a deck and then like uh, in the long run, I'd like to record them, but in the short run, obviously, it'll just be recording the data, like what we played against, who won, that yeah. kind of thing, um, and then we can talk about that, and uh, I also wouldn't mind, like, I think it's probably a little, I mean, it doesn't really matter that it's late, but, like, the challenge happened, like, two weeks ago, so, like, I'm fine with not going doing a deep dive, but yeah, once... Fine. Once we get like a monthly, once they start doing these monthly challenges, I wouldn't mind doing it, just going over the top eight for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, <clears throat> like there's, there's plenty of like results and content and that we can, uh, we can talk about and uh, go over and whatnot. Do like deep dives on some of these decks. A lot of our listeners are not going to be familiar with a lot of these cards because uh, quite a few of them see almost no play in any other format. Mm-hmm. Um and, like, pre-modern isn't a Watsy-supported format itself, so, like, it's just not as popular. But, like, this league had 66 people in it. The monthly challenge only had 34, but I don't I don't know exactly... I don't know the rules for getting involved in it. So mm-hmm. there could be something along those lines where, like, that's it might be currently, like, prohibitive or they didn't give enough notice or whatever. But, I mean, when you've got a... Oh, yeah, a, it, it's a might not, it might not be an open. It might be invitational. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, there was also another really cool thing that uh, they were talking about on, what podcast was it? I think it was I've Got Questions, um, which is another pre-modern podcast. Uh, the first one I mentioned uh, was uh, Spike Colony. He, uh, co- ho- it's hosted by Michael Flores and uh, his friend Lanny. And then Lanny is currently traveling. I think he said he's in Australia. So, like, uh, he's had a couple guest hosts the past couple weeks. But, dude... One of the best things in the world, just listening to Mike Flores, like just he's been playing magic forever and has Mm -hmm. been a pro forever. So he'll be like and he just somehow remembers every single one of his fucking tournaments. Yeah. 
That's so he'll be like, yeah, back in 1998, me and this one guy were playing in the top eight of this Grand Prix over in blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you even remember that? Yeah, that's so as a tangent from that, but I, to, uh, to, that's got to be a trait uh, to, to, to build onto that, a trait of like a certain mind type or a, just a, a, a very impressive ability that you see in um, like very accomplished mental game athletes because uh, you talk to a lot because i've been living in the in the chess world sort of i like watching chess but like you you talk to or you listen to any of these like hyper gms these really impressive grandmasters that are you know the same the same 15 people fight for the top player of the year every year yeah and mm-hmm. that's how they are um so i and to to really show just how insane it is so magnus carlson is a name popular enough i think i talked about this on the podcast because most many people know who magnus carlson is he's he's right one of the best chess players suspected to be the best chess player that's ever lived but like they showed him a bunch of board states where the guy would just put a bunch up on the board and he would look at it and go oh yeah that's the uh that's the championship game from 2004 between so and so and so and so he ended up winning with this blah blah or like He'll oh that was a game I played in 1998 when I was 12 against so and so this was like he just knows all this then mm-hmm. to take it up a step he took he he made he put a chessboard down and he just put down black and white tokens there was no piece <laughs> representation it's just this is where a black piece was this is where a white piece was what game is that and Magnus Carlsen looked at it and went I'm pretty sure that's the 2018 uh, semifinals tournament played by so and so and so and so in this turn in this in this event and like and he reached out and he pointed like that's the queen that's the black king that's the that's the or that's the black rook and just this obscene recall which is so people like you said Mike Flores or like Magnus Carlson I'm sure it's a big part of why they're so good at what they do is because like they don't have to look at every situation as a standalone they look at it, you know they can look at the game that they're playing today and like actually this is pretty similar to a game I was playing in 1997, and this is what happened then. Whereas me, I'm not speaking for you, but I, I I just don't see that kind of stuff remotely. Yeah, like, I don't have that, that the, the the perfect recall of like I was play- oh in 2015 Matt and I were playing, and I was on Reanimator, and this is what happened, and it's, it's very similar to this board state. I just nope. <laughs> I've got there are a lot of games of Magic that I remember the highlights of, like the big play, uh-huh. but like nothing like what those guys can do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's like i like just as an example i was playing in a at uh the bower street card shop up in uh, elkhart once and like i was in the finals against the store owner and he had drafted red black and i had a paladin back and i just beat him to death two games in a row with it (laughs) which it's it's a two two first strike with pro right uh protection from black and red Mm -hmm. i just like fucking curb stomped him got it both games and just done like yep. stuff like that, but like I couldn't sit there and tell you if I missed my third land drop. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like and I they, remember, they, yeah. I remember that I played that game. I remember I won, and I remember what was important. <laughs> yeah, but some like some people just have this perfect recall of they just know exactly what's going on and exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. I can tell you. Um, some good news about the rental service. The lowest tier rental service, which is 15 bucks a month, mm-hmm. is uh, 125 tickets. And that just get everything in pre-modern? Not everything. I found a couple decks that are like between 140 and 200, but I mean like 
I've seen like four. Like so they, like some of the expensive cards, for example, like wastelands are pretty expensive. Wastelands are fifteen bucks a piece. Stifles are ten bucks a piece. Um, basically the decks that are running one or both of those are like crossing the line of that 120, yeah. mm-hmm. but like elves, like I pulled up a couple, several elf decks and they were all like less than a hundred tickets. Uh, most stasis lists were under 50 tickets. So like that black, white control list is 14, like, which almost <laughs> at that point you might as well just buy it. But if we want, if we want to turn the rental service back on, I can drop it back down to the lowest. We can do $15 a month and we can rent pretty much any deck in the format. Yeah. Especially if we were willing to, if you and I pulled some money and just, like, if we just bought four Wastelands or four, like, if, if, if you fell in love with playing a Wasteland deck, or I fell in love playing a Stifle deck, like, if we just buy the Stifles for the, for the account, then, then everything becomes rentable at yeah. 15 bucks a month. And that, just for perspective, if I were to do that, I would be saving $30 a month for my current tier. Because mm-hmm. to play Legacy, I had to rent 850 tickets worth often. Yeah. It happened plenty often. I was using my four Force of Wills and still couldn't rent a deck. Yep. From the looks of it, and it, it makes sense because, duh, but, like, it's the cards that see play in Legacy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it's just, like, Wasteland, Stifle, like, just yeah. going through this kind of stuff. It's just like, yep, okay, this has got a card that does see play in Legacy, so it's going to cost, like, ten tickets. But yeah, most of these cards just but, I see absolutely zero play and are literal pennies so yeah if you want to get into that i mean we could turn that back on and just have access to almost every deck and with the with the investment of like 50 bucks between each of us we would have probably literally every deck available to us yep so that's probably on the horizons at some point i'm not currently currently i don't want to spend any money until i've got um like the i don't want to spend money on online stuff until i've got the uh my battle box completed because mm-hmm. I'd rather spend the money on real cards. On paper cards. And I don't cards. play online that much. Um, I have decided I'm probably going to uh, sell sell a couple cards to Card Kingdom and uh, get some store credit there and then start pulling the trigger on some... I need, like, I need a couple. I need, like, two Survival of the Fittists. Yeah. Two or three, depending on if I well, count like, my you, foil one. You need to have Elves playable so that... I was talking to... Um, one of our uh, one of our patrons, and he was saying because he was asking about if we would go to there's like some Grand Prix or big event in Chicago. Because mm-hmm. he was what he said was, oh, I'm kind of bummed out. You guys, you know, aren't willing to support Magic anymore because there's this big tournament, blah blah. And I was like, is there a pre modern event? Because if there is, we would go. Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I'm pretty sure we had that. We we were like, yeah, we'd fucking go to an event to play pre modern. I'm yeah. not gonna go play any other format, but I'll gladly. I mean. It depends on how much the tickets cost. Like if it's going to well, be yeah, a five hundred dollar weekend, what'd you say? I said, yeah, I was agreeing with you. I just said, oh, yeah, sorry. like you know, but I yeah, can't like, spend a thousand bucks this weekend to go play. But if there's place, a free modern twenty person tournament, <laughs> if you and I can, you know, if it's we drive a couple hours and we get to go see some friends and play in a pre modern tournament for, in my opinion, like driving for an event, like if it was fifty to eighty or a hundred bucks, I'd probably still go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's and just, that's. You're that's a at, weekend like, of hanging out and having fun. Like that's no yeah. Like if the if the if because most of you got to pay to get in the event now, but if it's like forty bucks to get in the event or into the into the building, and then the you know the pre modern one case or twenty five bucks a piece or thirty bucks a piece, I'd go do that. Yeah. I'd I'd pile in a truck with you. We drive over there and we do it within a couple yeah. hours, probably any direction. Yep. Um, there is. Uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's actually uh, at SCG Con. They're doing a pre modern one K. So. Yeah, where um, is it? 
I don't. I can't. I can't remember which one. Well, I'll get plane tickets. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not flying anywhere. Yeah, for no. that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like it seems so, like pre-modern is definitely is, on the upswing. I need to get my stasis's ordered because I'm pretty sure that deck you have is real, except for stasis, isn't it? Um, stasis. There's a couple. I actually ordered uh two more foils, so I'd have a place out of foils for that deck, and I just. This morning, actually ordered four thwarts. Um, so I believe it's other than the stasis either. Like it's real fucking close. Because in reality, based like us talking about this, um, I probably will before we get off of here. I probably will just go buy if you get whatever cards we need for that deck to be legal. Just in, just in case we find we you know we find out about oh hey, an hour south there's a tournament we want to go to. I want to be ready. I don't want to rely on like. Showing it to a shop and hey, do you have uh, yeah. two thorts and three stasis? And they'll be and well, I got one stasis and it's like okay, well this deck isn't really what it needs to be. So I'll probably <laughs> yep. just order that stuff so I have it. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Um, I'm just trying to. I have to control my spending on magic or like I'll just like because there's there's currently like hundreds of cards I want right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, so I'm I like know. oh, I'm like eh, well I can get you know and I keep. So, like, since I tweaked that deck, I'm like, great, now I need four more Decree of Justice. And, mm-hmm. like, the Decree of Justice isn't that big of a deal. They're, like, 40 cents. But, like, now I have to order cards again. Yep. You know what I mean? So, I haven't, I still haven't gotten, I think the most expensive card I bought um, so far as an individual card was, like, Ball Lightnings. Those Ball Lightnings I got mm-hmm. um, were, were, like, five bucks. But, like, I'm trying to get, like, the cheap stuff that replaces proxies or weird foils, which is what the ball lightnings were doing. Um, I'm still, I haven't gone through like, you know, I'll spend a dollar or two on four decree of justices, but like the old bordered ones that actually look good are like five to seven bucks a piece. Yeah. Annoyingly enough expensive. Yep. Or it's just like, well, I'm going to wait on that because I want playable decks, not pretty decks. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> and I'm just trying, I'm just trying not to go ham. That's one of the reasons why I want to, like sell a couple cards and get some store credit at card kingdom so i can be like yeah i want that send it because yep. <laughs> that's like when i was buying a ton of cards it was when i was still working at fedex and like i had for my spending levels basically infinite money yep so it was just like i want these order them that's like, how i was before i met sarah and i was just a bachelor who worked between 40 and 60 hours a week like you got me into magic and i was like i i would just spend like 100 bucks on cards a week because I had money. I just I made enough money, and I had my dad lived with me, so I had cheap rent and just bought whatever the fuck I wanted. Yeah. Yep. And part What's of that me... fucking card call isn't it Black Vice? What do you? What's the vice that wins the game? Black Vice, which you don't need to buy. I've oh, got like twelve Black Vice. I misspelled. I misspelled Vice. Gotcha. I spelled it like Vice City. Oh, gotcha. Oh, there's there's wow, there's a Kaladesh masterpiece. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> oh they're 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 oh, well in fairness they are expensive they're 20 bucks a piece oh yeah that's not bad it's yeah that's again, expensive just sees no play anywhere yep just not expensive enough although i but i like the idea of keeping it old yeah oh me too that's that's the uh kind of the whole point of the format mm-hmm. god i just um, wish they had blackboard yeah. without it being and beta they have betas yeah. they're 100 bucks those are 100 bucks a piece and i'm sure that's those, damaged the funny thing is like under the right circumstances, I'd be like, yeah, all right. Like, like if you think about it, if, like, for example, Stasis was just your deck and you just yeah. had the one deck, you'd be like, yeah. 
I mean, well, that'd it's be a hundred dollar magic card. It's not the first time you've spent a hundred dollars on a magic yep. card. <laughs> that would be like, yeah, if if I end up, get, you know, if the next five years I played Stasis and I like to pimp my deck out, I'd absolutely buy alphas or betas. Yep. Well, and the, the thing is, like, a beta black vice is effectively on the reserve list. Like, yeah. it's not literally on the reserve list, but like, yeah, that one's not getting reprinted. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many black vices get printed in the future. The alpha and beta ones will not go down in price because they just reprinted yep. Black Vice in a standard set. You know what I mean? That's not yep. going to affect the price at all. So its popularity will. So if it becomes, like, good in a format, yeah. that could affect the price. But if like, somehow Black Vice got broken in modern, if, is it even modern legal? It's probably not modern legal. I don't. But I yeah. don't know for sure, but I don't think it is. I guarantee it isn't because I don't think it's been printed since 4th edition without... A special printing? Weird. Yeah, like... Yeah, because gotcha. there's revised fourth unlimited, and then it hasn't been printed since then, except for gotcha. a masterpiece, which I don't think the masterpieces count, right? No, like, just because it was a masterpiece in Kaladesh doesn't mean it was modern legal. Correct. Okay. Or else we'd have Soul Ring and uh, Mana Crypt and shit on the ban list. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I forgot those were also those nope. were Kaladesh masterpieces as well. Those are actually what I'm considering getting rid of. Yeah, because like it's like, well, they're not reserve list, and they're like. The- like I can get like six hundred bucks store credit for each of those. Yeah, that's yeah. Which you would go a long way. Pretty big chunk of change towards buying whatever you wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, so six hundred of that, I would realistically, I would probably just buy three survival of the fittests. Yeah. And keep my foil one. Yeah, I'm trying makes sense. to. I'm trying to get. Um, I what I want to do is get like a couple decks that I like and get them in the versions that I want without getting rid of any reserve list stuff. Uh huh. But if I have to, I will. Um, and honestly, that Survival of Fittest would probably be one of the first things to go just because it's like it's expensive, but it doesn't see any real play, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. It, so it'd be like, it's just fancy, whereas like my dual lands do technically serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not currently using them, like having three Volcanic Islands is important. Not super important because I'm not playing them, but like getting rid of those actually weakens my collection from a yeah. playability standpoint it does whereas going from five survival of the fittest to four doesn't nope. <laughs> um, and likewise going from nine soul rings and one hyper premium soul ring to eight soul rings doesn't really yeah. impact it much easier either yep uh same thing with the mana crypts i it's it is the only mana crypt i own but it doesn't like i could just as easily well, sell it and then buy a cheap one I say, if you want, I'm getting rid of my extra mana crypt. No, I, I'd probably. Tr- I mean, I would. I would. I. Do you have a deck I would really like to have? I'd be work. I get. Just, I would work some credit out. Yeah, I uh, don't have any interest in attaining any more mana crypts. Let's say that. I'm just saying, you sell your mana crypt, and then you're like, yeah, I kind of want to have a mana crypt lying around. You trade me your stasis deck. I trade you the mana crypt. They'll probably be like a twenty dollar difference, and we're fucking in the in the clear. Yeah, honestly, if I was gonna get a mana crypt at this point, I'd get one of like super old border ones that came in like the magazine. Oh yeah, the uh, the the mana crypt I got for Tatiova ended up settling on getting a Judge promo. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not necessarily fancy art, but it has like the Judge promo symbol and the star and whatnot. And yeah, that's cool. I think I think I paid like two or three hundred dollars, maybe four hundred dollars for it. But it was all that's why I did that bulk trade in. I was like, just here's my binder. Just take everything you want and give me a number. Yeah, and then I, I basically, I basically sold like 175 cards and bought six for Tatiova, six yep. or eight. 
because it's just like, eh, why not? Yep. It was fun, though. It was a lot of fun going shopping and being like, I want one of those. And I, ooh, that's a pretty card. Can I have one of those? And, hey, do you have any wastelands? Let me see them. Ooh, I'll take this wasteland. This one's nice. I had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. That's uh, when Derek and I went down to Grand Prix Indy once. Um, that's how I got Blue Red Delver as I mm-hmm. took my binder. I was just like, all right, I want that and that and that and that and that and that. I was like, I need three volcanic islands, a play set of Force yeah. of Wills, a play set of Scalding Tarns. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> yep. It's just like, anything that's in here, you can, I will trade for you because like, that's why it's here. Yep. Like, so. But yeah, I'm really excited to keep playing pre-modern. I'm excited to get back into maybe a little bit of Magic Online. Um, but I'm definitely excited to play the paper. And I would love to start playing, to go play tournaments, to go find actual tournaments to play. I'm also looking forward to buying these stasises and then uh, coloring them in blackboard. Because <laughs> I'm should, absolutely going to fucking do that. Should uh, see, if, like, certainly people put on YouTube, like, hey, if you use this paint and oh, do I'm it sure. this way. Yeah, that kind of thing. Just I'm, to I'm make sure them, like, look good. There's a thousand videos on how to, like, cleanly blackboard your cards. And I'm also going to go through my collection because I'm sure I've got... Well, I might not. I get rid of all my cards. I might go to the store and buy a handful of white border cards to practice on. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not... I mean, stasis are five bucks, but I'm not going to practice on my $5 cards. I'll practice on a, some 10-cent white border cards. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, realistically, what you probably need to do, at minimum, is just get yourself a little stencil. So you can just yeah. put it over the top of the, the art. God, they might make them. I might be able to buy one. Yeah. Or download one off the internet and cut it out or whatever. But yeah, like, that's because, like, I have every intention of, um, like, black bordering everything that I can't get in black border. So, like, the black vices will get black bordered. The stasis will get black bordered. I don't think anything else has to be white border. But, like, if it, if there is... is I, oh, um, like, I kind of want to run mana short, and that's only, like, I'll probably just, just ruin them. Like, I'll just spend the money and just damage them. Because I'm, yeah. I'm never selling stasis. I paid five bucks for it. Like, I, I don't foresee a world where stasis becomes a $200 card. No, it's probably not going to happen. Oh, but, but yeah. I'm really excited. So, yeah, it's a... Uh... And with my new job and working 95 hours every two weeks, I can definitely afford to just... I can afford $5 cards easily. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've just been, as far as uh, mind gaming goes, I did, like I said, I didn't really do a ton over the weekend, just taking care of the wife and uh, working on pre-modern stuff, working on that control list. Um, we did, uh, we kind of briefly touched on it, but we did make some changes to your stasis list, uh, just tweaking some cards there, like cut yep. Arcane Denial for um, Counterspell, uh, which is definitely a great I love that switch. I feel much better uh with the with that. Yeah. We we I think we did we, did you go down on port you went like down a port and up uh, something else I thought. Uh you got a boomerang. I cut a port yeah. for a boomerang. Yeah, port and yeah, yeah port and out for boomerang. Cuz I like although I never or got to cast it. Did I I might have cut an impulse. One of the two. I can't which one did we talked about it. I and think I you can't cut. In, I think you cut impulse because, yeah. um, and we're, we're we're trying to lower lower the overall mana curve of the deck. So like, I might trim out more impulses for other things too. Because like, impulse is best when you can be like, oh, at the end of your turn, impulse, blah blah blah, and just like the deck a lot of times doesn't have the mana to do that. The way I the way I liked playing this deck and the games that have felt good are the games where I can very quickly and very or just very early in the game get stasis down and hide behind it, and impulse is just a dead card at that point. 
Yeah. Well, and a lot of times what it happens is like you impulse at the end of my turn, and now that your shields are down, I disenchant the stasis. <laughs> like plenty of times. That's happened many times. Yeah. Where it's just like as soon as you tap your mana, that's when I'm going to tap mine. I'm yeah. going to make you have either foil or thwart or daze. Which, yep. to be fair, you frequently will. But like if I can turn my disenchant in a game that's going to go long. If I can turn my disenchant into him to Turok or better, like if mm-hmm. you have to foil it and I fucking three for one you, then sure. Yeah. Enjoy your impulse, dude. <laughs> like, I hope it's good because you just three for one yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but is the funny thing is, is like you three for one yourself with foil and it, you're not just like, you don't just scoop. No, because no, the, the game's game not isn't over. over. Yeah, it's. Again, that's like the like the fun thing about the format is like the stakes the stakes per decision and the stakes like per turn are just so much lower because the power level is so much lower. Yep. And every now and then you do just get blown out. Like it still happens. Like you yeah, are some, doing powerful things. Sometimes your opponent goes careful study into dark ritual into unmask or into thought sees them or whatever unmask themselves into reanimate. Yep. Like sometimes that does just happen. Dude, there's this. Uh, uh, so I was watching. Uh, fran who's a he's one of the uh pre-modern guys that i watch he was playing he so he ran that challenge with green red uh terravore uh-huh and then he he did a, a league with it as well and i was watching that league and he was playing against burn and this fucking guy this burn guy next levels the shit out of him he cuts all his creatures except ball lightning so that when his opponent when he plays the the oath of the druids and gets a terravore it triggers Oath of the Druids on him, and he gets fucking ball lightning. Oh. <laughs> and he guarantees himself to hit ball lightning. He just he, he makes it so he only... I mean, in fairness, like, you're, you're losing, like, things like, what, Grim Lava Mancer and Jackalpup. Yeah, Pup, you cut which, Grim Lava Mancer and Jackalpup. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Which aren't that great in the format, in the in match anyway. Especially assuming you have any kind of cards to replace them in your sideboard that, like, maybe do more damage to face or interact your opponent in some way. And, yeah, yep. just... I'm going to get my Terravore, make a 5-5. Five, five. Cool, I have a 6-1. Yep. Take Swing. 6. <laughs> bolt, bolt, dead. Yep. Or take bolt, fire, or blast, lo- dead. Take 6 or lose your dude. Pick 1. And yeah. Not to mention just the whole, like, making any Oath Hand dead or pseudo-dead where, like, you're just... Oath of Druids being a dead card is so relevant in that matchup. Yep. Exactly, because it's just like... Even if you play a Bolt Lightning, it's dead at the end of the turn. Yeah, like, that, you yeah. will never trig their, trigger their Oath. Yeah. So... Yeah, it was a really, like, really slick move. Uh, and I, it could be the common thing to do. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm not, like, you know, an expert on this format yet. But he was he he, he was surprised. It got him. And he yep. is an expert on the format. <laughs> so, like, maybe that's just what you do. Like, if they're going to leave their oaths in, you fucking cut everything but ball lightning and just swing so, with a 6-1. So maybe against elves, I take my stasis out. I don't know if you take it out, but like, <laughs> I think you just lose. I think what you do is you just lose, <laughs> which is fine. Well, like there, there are some matchups you just lose. Well, you've got to like, I'm just trying to like, realistically, I just wouldn't count on black vice doing the job. I think you have to pivot to the brain freeze plan and like pick a turn where they try to go off a little bit, fight over it with free spells and then brain freeze them for 30. That kind of thing. But then and, like, or, uh, the only problem with that is like, I mean, you're right. Cause we, we talked about that. But, like, that is so far from being lethal. Like that's, Well, you, realistically, like, you have to do it twice. You're all in strategies. There's only two brain freezes in the side of our build. 
which I mean, like, so you could get both of them, but just like, oh my gosh, the idea that, because 10 spells is a lot. The idea of like a 10 spell stack storm is 10. That's a I lot. Know. And mm-hmm. it's, it's probably going to be a little more than half their deck. Cause by then you, you probably have 45 cards left in your library. Cause you probably, I mean, you, you drew your seven, you, you, you went off, you probably drawn, you know, another five or eight between yeah. the first couple of turns and whatnot. So yeah, for 30 and they still, it's still a 15 turn clock. Yep. I don't know. I think, but, I mean, unwinnable is probably a little strong, but like the matchup just feels pretty, very yeah, close to unwinnable. And at minimum, sixty forty in L's favor. Oh um, my gosh, I think it's, I think it's being generous to Stasis. I, we haven't played it enough. I'm not saying it couldn't go higher, but we've realistically we've played three games or two games. Like you know what I mean? Um, it's the, but it is it's. The, it it felt really lopsided when yeah. we played them. I will say that the cursed totems <laughs> in the side are just crucial to that. And like maybe in the future when yeah. I play that, maybe I just have to mulligan to cursed totem foil, like and just like that's how I lock the game down is you can't use your creatures in any way, and then hope to draw into a stasis and be able to like once because once cursed totem like stasis cursed totem is absolutely a lock for you. Uh, that's what I was gonna say is like I wouldn't necessarily mulligan to it, like because like. Like, for example, if you mull down to five and you go Curse Totem, like, that's probably not going to be enough. Because, like, the el- the typical elves lists have, like, seven ways to blow up an enchantment so, or artifact. So hear me You know out. what I mean? What if we go... So we put... How about, how about this? One Swamp, four Polluted Deltas, and Engineered Plague in the side. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, although, yeah. The problem, again... I don't know if you... Sources. You probably need... Yeah, you probably need a like three or four plagues to really make it worth it. Yeah, and I don't know what you're giving up. You know what I mean? Like plagues own plagues really good, but it's really only good in like arguably like three matchups. There's there's some like splash damage. Oh yeah, it's it really is. good against Decree of Justice. Um, and it's actually pretty good against Burn. Yep. Uh, but it's mainly goblins and elves. Burn goblin elves. Um, it's yeah. Black white control is probably pretty good. Or not black white control. Um, uh, blue white control is probably pretty good. Uh, it does make stifle knot an eleven eleven for what that's. Hey, hey value. <laughs> so I mean, doesn't even know. take it to turn off the clock. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like it's just like some some matches are. Yeah, I mean some, some matches, matches are, are just lost. fucked. Yep, that's what it is, and like. Playing playing stasis, you're gonna have more of those. It's not like stasis is a powerhouse of the format. It's three uh, percent, which I also love that MTG top eight classifies stasis as a combo deck. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like it kind of is. I mean, the combo between the three. You mean the three piece combo between stasis, city of solid, whatever the whatever it is, and uh, black vice. Well, like. It's not a combo deck in the traditional sense, obviously. Like, you don't just get A, B, win. But, like, that's kind of the way I try to think about it. Because, like, in a traditional control list, you're almost never A on the defensive fighting over your permanent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Like, for them to beat you, you have to lose a card, Mm -hmm. which is very a weird spot to be in as a control list, if that makes sense. It feels like the way the games go about is like you're doing your combo thing and I have to stop your combo because me never untapping is, I mean, realistically, it is one of the strongest things you can do. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it's just a matter of consistency in the deck is the biggest thing, Mm -hmm. which to be perfectly honest, like I really like everybody, almost everyone plays mono blue. Like I 
I think you give up a, a give up a couple points in the mana base in the long run and go blue white. Like I just don't see how the blue white list is, isn't better. Uh huh. Like you're already running lands that produce any color, so like that helps. So you've already got the Forsaken Cities. You run four flooded strands. You run a couple planes. You throw in Swords to Plowshares and Enlightened Tutor. And, like, in my opinion, the deck is just way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I think you're right. Like, I think, the cons- I think the power of what Stasis does is fine. I think upping the consistency of getting it out would be the most important thing. Because, I mean, there's games you play where, like, you maybe get one Stasis early on, I deal with it, and it's, like, five turns later and you still don't have another Stasis. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you even doing? You know what I mean? Not you, literally, but, like, that's just the way the game goes. It's like, I'm playing a Stasis deck, and I have four copies of one card in my deck, and if I don't draw it, I lose. Yeah. That's very true. And that's very much how it feels. That's how it, that's how it feels playing Stifle Knot, where, like, I'll play Stifle Knot, and I won't draw a Dreadnought in the first 15 cards of the deck. And it's like, what? Are, this deck is... What are we doing? This deck sucks. Yeah. The funny thing... Like, Stifle Knot, in my opinion, it's just... It's one of the... It's kind of the opposite sort of... Where it's like, it's so powerful, and then also just... That it just makes up for its inconsistency. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because <laughs> sometimes, like... sometimes on turn three, you swing for 12. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and uh, clearly, often enough. Yes. So it's just like... Um, but I yeah, tell you it's, what, uh, since, I'm gonna, since I'm going to be black-bordering cards anyway, I might buy like some fourth edition swords with the dude in the field. Mm-hmm. And They're... just black-border those. They're a couple bucks a piece and just black border them. Because we were talking about how that's probably our favorite art. Like, I really like the art of the dude in a field. Mm-hmm. I think, no, I think you like the Ice Age one the most, where her sword is turning into a dove. It, yes and no. Like, I I like them about the same. I like what that one, um, I think it does a very good job representing the card. Mm-hmm. And I would love it if a different artist did that, say, picture. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but I, I like the, and that's not to say I don't like it either. Cause I do really like it, but like the actual painting itself could use some work. Yeah. Her face but is I awful. Like, yeah. The face, the, basically the knight looks like shit. Uh huh. The sword turning into a dove not only looks good enough, but like perfectly encapsulates the card. Yep. Um, it's funny we, we, were, we were talking about this and like swords is one of those cards swords is in tons of decks it's it's the best removal spell ever printed i don't think i like genuinely like any of the printings yeah like the closest is the uh who is this this the oh the with the therese nielsen art where it's the yeah. dude like it's like the jacked black guy with the sword on his shoulders and like mm-hmm. that's kind of i i that's a that's cool art and i like the um like the symbol, I I don't try like try to put into words, but like the symbolism of like like the sword is now a problem. Like he's mm-hmm. like, like him having this beautiful big weapon is now it now it's an issue. Now it's a hindrance. I don't know. I, I don't know how to break down why I like the art in that picture, but I do. I really like the art in that picture. Um, but that's obviously a modern frame, and we're trying to stick with the old frames theme. And I don't like really any other modern frame card. And I don't like that much any of the old frame cards either. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is Path to Exile, which is a far worse card, has like... Really good One, art. two, three. There's like the basic one looks fine. Mm-hmm. It's nothing special, but it's fine. The Rebe- Rebecca Gwaywin, in my opinion, looks fantastic. 
the promo one with the guy like about to walk into a portal looking thing. Yeah. Looks cool. The angel bursting through the stained glass or whatnot looks cool. I'm not exactly sure what it has to do with um, the art. It, like as far as like the art matching what the card does, but the art itself is gorgeous, so I don't even care. And then even the one with uh, from the dual decks where it's got like the worm that looks cool. Like there's no bad looking Path to Exiles. Yeah, they look really great. <laughs> I guess except the Doctor Who one looks stupid. Um, swords the swords the plowshares are kind of meh. Yeah, but it's a way better card. So <laughs> it definitely is. It's definitely a little bit better. I I also learned something really cool on the uh, the Discord, and this is a bit of a tangent, and we at some point need to kick it over to you, um, and hit our patrons. But so this will be the last thing I'll say. I was on the Discord, and people were talking about wanting to build a deck with Crusade, but it's pseudo banned because of the whole like. Is it actually banned thing. though? Uh, I don't remember, but it's also super expensive, and you can't buy it anywhere. Oh really? Yeah, like. No, I, none of the major um, shops and whatnot will sell those cards anymore. Because Watsy, because, because Watsy like hard banned them, banned them from things. So like apparently it is accepted within the pre-modern community. If you want to run Crusade, you run Honor of the Pure and just pay two white for it. <laughs> <laughs> so because it's because it's legal and they recognize that people, it's a valid card and a valid strategy. They're like, just here's there's a there's a it's a standardized proxy. Right. And it's just like, well, thank God. Like, finally, some common fucking sense. Yeah, that's awesome. There's absolutely nothing that justifies Crusade being banned. Nothing. Not a single fucking thing. No. So. Especially, like, you hold it in, when they they banned it next to... Was it decree prejudice? Was it called uh, invoke invoke prejudice? prejudice. Which, like, the reason they banned that is it's it's the artist was uh, a KKK member, and he was it was he it's it's a known thing that that's what that's what influenced the art. It's meant to be a KKK member, and he's hurt. He's killing people, blah blah. blah. And then Crusade is like this this time in history when they when they did this when they went to war. It's a medieval knight. Yeah, they like. I'm it's like I get the argument that hey the Crusades were kind of fucked up and it wasn't really a great shining example of humanity in our history, um, but like it's it was just it was it was wars it was it was it was medieval people going to war, they they yeah. chose they chose a very poor fucked up um, justification for it a hundred percent it was just people conquering for for land that's all it was. Well, and the thing is like we don't have to argue about the Crusades or anything, but like the. The Crusades, it's not a black and white issue. Like, it was warring factions, and it took place over a very long stretch of time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, bad stuff was done, but it's not like, for example, with Invoke Prejudice, the guy, I don't know if he was technically in the KKK. I know for a fact he's a neo-Nazi. Okay. Uh, I don't remember... He clearly was was inspired by the KKK. Their outfits look like the people... In Invoke Prejudice, the outfits look like KKK members. They have, like, the hood and shit. But, mm-hmm. like, uh, people went to his website. I actually went to his website. And he's got a bunch of, like, paintings of, like, Hitler as Jesus and stuff like that as ah, yep. on his website. So, like, sure, I can understand why Watsy's like, hey, hey. No. <laughs> yep. That's whatever, right? But, like, Mark Poole, who did the art for Crusade, nobody has any issues with Mark Poole. No. He's done magic art recently he's a fucking phenomenal art art. right 
Crusade doesn't, in my opinion, there's nothing bad about the art. So, like, it's stupid that it got caught up in that. And the fact, it's actually a good fucking card. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it is, it is, a, it is a, a good rate for what it does. Right. So it's just like, I'm glad that the pre-modern community, at least in that particular instance, was just like, yeah, that's dumb. We're doing this. Mm. Like, just run Honor of the Pure. And it could have been, to be fair, it could have just been online because they were talking about it online because i don't even know if you can get it on moto um outside of like if you had it, like you personally have it i don't think they took it out of your account but, you but i cannot, don't think you, you can't buy it anymore yeah you can't buy it anymore and you can't register it and as part of your deck list as any in any format you know what i mean mm-hmm. so <laughs> so i was like oh cool some common sense but yeah it was just like by the way it's polite to pay too white for it <laughs> Because the honor of the pure cost is a colorless and a white, so yeah, just make sure you're you're actually using it as a proxy. So that was cool. But yeah, that's all I had. Just a bunch of pre-modern stuff. So uh, before we bump over to me and what I got going on, uh, I do want to give a shout out to our patrons this week, like we tried to do every week, and we officially fucked up one time because we're awful people. But uh, this week we give a huge shout out to Asphalt Emperor, Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all for joining the Patreon. If anyone is interested in becoming a member of the Patreon, getting access to the private Discord where you can teach matt and i all kinds of interesting things and give us great ideas for decks and uh sometimes get get us into games with you and like whether it be magic or video games or whatever head over to patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel and check it out we've got all kinds of tiers and all the tiers get you access to the discord as far as me uh, i have been playing a fair bit of uh tarkov lately although i've reached the point in my adult life where i don't get to play games much anymore but that is mostly because of my sleep schedule so with me working, I work like four to one most days, four to four to noon, four to one. And I usually don't go to bed until like 10 or 11 o'clock. So I sleep three or four hours every night. I go to work. I come home. I nap for two or three hours. And then by then, Sarah gets home. So I spend the, spend the evening with her. And I don't really, I try to avoid, you know, ditching her to go play games all night. Because uh, it used to be like I would hang out with her until nine or ten. And then... I'd go play games until like midnight because a bunch of my friends that I play games with are an hour or two behind. So they don't get on until like 10 o'clock local time. Mm-hmm. But now, like, you know, we hang out until eight or nine o'clock, nine thirty, And by then, like, it's getting to be bedtime. I'm kind of tired and ready to go to sleep. And that's when all my friends are getting on. So I just chill with her for another half hour, 45 minutes and then go to bed. So I basically now get to play games on any of my days off, which I do when I can. And then if I work um, evenings, so I work evenings once a week. So like my schedule, I, I I work every other weekend, and then I work Monday afternoon. So when I work m- working Monday afternoon, when I get home Sunday, if I if I worked, I stay up all night because I can, and I sleep in uh, mm-hmm. Monday. I get up late, I'll play games a little bit, and then go to work. That all being said, I have not been super duper productive on Tarkov. I've actually mostly just been doing like money runs for scavs. I haven't really felt like going and finding a group to play with. I don't really have much success playing alone. And so I've just been doing like over and over and over money runs. And I've slowly grown my wealth. It's not an obscene amount, but like up to like five or six million rubles in a stash full of stuff, which for perspective, I think the last time when I quit playing, I quit playing. I had like two or three million rubles, which is enough to do pretty much anything you want, except for like real end game stuff. Because like on the in the real end game, I was watching a TikTok the other day. 
uh, there's some areas uh, in the labs you'd go to and you buy key cards to get into certain rooms and get access to the loot in there. And mm-hmm. like I watched him on the flea market buying these keys and he was spending like 8 million rubles, 10 million rubles, 25 million rubles, 60 million rubles on one key card. That's a one-time use. So that's yep. that's the end game where like the kits to go in there between the armor and the guns you're probably spending hunt, you know, 500,000 to a million rubles on your kit and you might also spend another 20 million rubles on key cards. We're not there yet. But once you get to like for me when I was playing, most of my kits would run like if if I spent like 3 to 400,000 rubles on a kit, that was a pretty expensive kit between like Usually your armor and whatnot, you're going to spend like 150, 200,000 rubles. And then your gun, you might spend 100 to 150,000 rubles. Mm-hmm. So like that's where I need to be right now. I'm at like, and when you're at like five or 10 million rubles, like that's enough to kit yourself out five or 10 times, which is, which is a lot. I don't, I don't run heavy kitted runs very often. Yeah. So I've reached the money point of basically being at the end game. I just need to get to the goddamn flea market again. I'm stuck at a level 11. And I you just gotta get keep to thirteen? Fifteen. Fifteen? And like it's just the game is so much worse without the flea market and just running in with whatever you have and you bump every player I bump into has really good armor and really good guns and really good ammo and I just have this dog shit lying around. But I've been having a really good time, just like I said, just doing casual go in, find stuff, get out runs and I've really been enjoying that. Um, I did with a, one of our patrons. Uh, tried out a game called The Finals. It was a really, really popular game a little bit ago. It came out, it probably came out between three and six months ago, and he was on it right away. Since then, it has kind of dropped in popularity a little bit. It's a free-to-play shooter. I believe it was made by the same people that made Battlefield 3, and the one of the like big things about this game is it has a destructible environment. So like mm-hmm. you can shoot a rocket launcher at the wall, blows a hole in the wall, which is a big deal in Battlefield 3. You could knock buildings down, and you could blow holes in the side of him and whatnot and like the game is relatively fun it's made it's made really well um it's free to play and you get it's one of those where like you get given you know every you get you have three classes and they each have a couple guns and some gear each and then as you play you earn in-game currency and you can spend that currency to unlock different guns or different gadgets uh none of which seemed particularly broken during my you know three hours of play mm-hmm. it just didn't really hook me though it was it's it's small teams. It's teams of uh, these teams of three, and the couple modes that there's usually like three teams running around the map. And so there's the the gameplay kind of boils down to like go get the thing and move it over here, and that's the whole. It's in some form or other capture the flag. I, the main one is literally like go get the chest and then bring it over and deposit it and then guard it while it's being deposited while the other teams try and kill you and steal the deposit. The other game mode that we played a lot was you have to kind of, you, have, you gather money, and you can get money by finding it in chests. Chests will spawn. Or when you kill someone, they drop a token that's worth some amount of money. Or they'll drop all the tokens they've collected, all the money they've collected, and then you gather that, and you have to go deposit it. And, like, it's kind of fun, and it's it, it's fun fighting against each other, and it's a little more, it's definitely not Overwatch, but it's a little more in the vein of Overwatch, where, like, so there's three classes, heavy, light, and medium. So... Like, diff- you have different movement speed, different health, different weapons, and you can kind of customize how you want to play and, you know, your mobility. Uh, but it it just didn't didn't really catch me because it was just, you know, go get thing, move thing over here, try and shoot people. And, you know, if they get the drop on you, they'll probably kill you. If you get the drop on them, you'll probably kill them. And some of the fights are balanced, some of them aren't. And it was just, the game was fun to play. 
it just was a little shallow for me. And the problem, mm-hmm. the problem with it is, like, if I want to play a game like that, I'll just play Apex. Like, Apex is a very shallow game strategy too. Just survive. Like, just like there's there's, there's nothing special going on. There's no inter- There's nothing nearly interesting about it. But like, if I'm looking for a shooter that's a little a little lower stress and a little a little more for funsies, I'd probably just go play Apex. If I didn't have Apex in my life and I wasn't really accustomed to it, I'd probably be a little more into the finals. Mm-hmm. But it's it's okay. If anyone wants to check it out, it's a free game. You know, go download it and see if you like it. Other than that, I have really done anything except work and sleep. Um, I did get to come home. Gosh, what day was it? I got home after like a twelve or like a twelve hour shift because I think it was later last week because our mixer was still broken. We got our mixer back like late last week, early this week, and. I come home from work after like a 12 or 13 hour shift because it takes forever. We just, we took forever to feed and we didn't get the feeder until late and yada yada. And I walk in and there's a little stream of water spraying out of one of the water lines going into my water heater. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, son of a bitch. Okay, I guess I'll shut the water off and go into town and buy all the crap I need. And I come back home and I was I bought all the stuff. The only thing I didn't buy was pipe because I was pretty sure that I had like five or 10 feet of three quarter inch PEX lying around. And I was just going to put it back together with PEX. Cause it's honestly, mm-hmm. it's one of those things I've been meaning to replace a bunch of that piping around the water heater anyway. It's just, it worked until it didn't. And yep. I get home, I go dig my PEX out. It's half inch PEX. Of course it is. So I drive back into town, get my stuff. In all reality, like the repair took 15, 20 minutes, but it was just a huge pain in the ass of, okay, I guess I'll take my work shoes off and put my home shoes on and go back into town and pick up all the stuff I need. And I'll go, I guess I'm here. I'll go get groceries as well and come home and fix the water heater, get it running. Of course, working on it, I did, I started up a bunch of sediment. All, and so all the, I had to go clean all the aerators in the house because they were all gummed up. Mm-hmm. And then when I laid down to go to take a nap, uh, I had about an hour before Sarah got home and I couldn't fall asleep. So I just stayed up all night. <laughs> Uh, owning a home is great. You should definitely do it. Occasionally your water heater breaks. <laughs> Occasionally you come home and there's just a leak somewhere that you have to deal with. Uh, I, I did still think a... you should have hired me to fix it. Yeah, I uh, I did talk to my buddy about it, and Matt said he knew a guy who could fix it for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So it's me. I'm the guy. He was gonna. It's me. Yep. <laughs> He's gonna middleman my job to myself and take the take his cut. I just, you know, that's what friends are for. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, stealing. That's what friends are for. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about me. <laughs> I was talking about you. <laughs> friends are for giving me money. <laughs> oh, I see. That's When are you going to give me money? I give you money all the time. I Not, not nearly as directly as that. <laughs> oh, <sighs> but I did get a message today. So we have two uh, skid loaders at the farm that we use. One of them is a bobcat. And one's a John Deere. The Bobcat's quite a bit smaller. And so, we, I mean, it's, it's handy as hell having two of them and having that one. And, you know, it does a lot of awesome things. But it's quite mm-hmm. a bit smaller. And it's it's about half as fast as the John Deere. And I got a message today that our John Deere's broken. So when I go in tomorrow, uh, supposedly the other two guys are going to go in and start trying to open it up and see what's wrong with it. But uh, I get to be stuck feeding with the much slower, much smaller, much shittier skid loader tomorrow so i literally got to feed one time with the john deere working with the extra large bucket back and with the mixer working i got to do it one time 
and now did we're back someone to... break it or did it break well i don't know i know I, yeah. I i know who was in it when it broke oh was it the dude uh it was the dude like i haven't cool. driven it in the last four days because i i uh not four days i guess i i fed i fed sunday and then monday was evenings and i was off tuesdays he's been feeding the last couple of days great so who knows i mean i'm not gonna i don't I'm not going to blame him because I wasn't there. At least till you know. <laughs> yeah, until I know for sure. I'll go talk to the other guy I work with, and I'll see if he thinks it's his fault. But yeah, like, once again, something's broken down. It's going to make feeding tomorrow morning take forever. And what really sucks is this is my four-day work week, so I'm probably not going to get any overtime this week, which means I'd rather just work eight-hour days. I'd rather just go in and work some eights, and then I'll get all my overtime next week. Right. But what are you going to do? Uh, what else have I been doing i don't think i've done a whole lot else i've been trying to it's finally gotten warm here in indiana i've been able to like feel my toes at work a little bit that's been like it's a muddy mess at the farm and it's been raining for like a week straight and i i'm so happy because the alternative is we would have like four feet of snow on the ground with how much it's rained yeah well the funny thing is it's like you're like it's finally gotten warm and it's just like it's January. <laughs> like, it should be, like, zero out right Oh, now. I know. Oh, I, I mean, like, yeah, it's, like, late January, early early February, or mid-February is always, in my opinion, the coldest time of the year. And uh-huh. for it to be 40 degrees outside, it's actually quite nice, and I'm really happy about it. It's But it is soggy as fuck. It is very, I mean, it, I don't think I've seen the sun in a week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been horrible, like, as far as that goes. Obviously, it's, like way better than the alternative mm-hmm. but it's just like man it'd be uh great if it would just stop fucking raining every single day yeah that'd be that'd be the bee's knees yeah but like i said what are you gonna do it's fucking what? weather what are you gonna do just be grateful it's not snow or ice yes yeah i am but yeah it's been it's been kind of boring on the front i got mad at tarkov again today talking about tarkov earlier where i was playing with alex and just like like we just as we have to go to customs to do a couple missions and I just don't like, I don't like customs. I really don't. And it feels like every time we go to customs, we just get fucked over. And like, once again, we go to customs and like, we ended up getting in a little, a little house. We were kind of camping it, uh, just letting everything settle down. We killed a bunch of scavs and over the course of us being there, we had several scavs walk up to the building. We kind of shot them. And so we were pretty sure we heard a scav like kind of like slowly kind of walking around outside. Mm hmm. But it's like we were we were doing okay. We started we start getting shot from somewhere. So like we we need to go. So we kind of we look around. We get ready and we go to leave. And as soon as Alex opens the door, there's a dude there. There's a player with a shotgun that shoots him and kills him in one taps. Nice. So then I come out. Um, it's uh, so what it is. There's a fucking mission which everyone hates and just because it, it's hard to do, where you have to kill PMCs as a PMC but dressed as a scav. So you have to wear like a scav vest and a certain hat. Mm-hmm. and uh, it's a huge pain in the ass because you have to do it with a shotgun it's a huge pain in the ass hard to do so that's what he was doing um so he he of course one taps alex to death even though we have i mean you know we're not level 15 so we don't get to have good armor but we have decent armor on i actually had really nice armor on one taps alex i go out i shoot him in the chest like nine times with the pistol because i have my i have a ranged weapon and my pistol um he doesn't go down he runs behind so we i chase him around a tank a couple times and he shoots me two more times and kills me with like he could have had slugs on. He might have had slugs on, but slugs should have even less penetration than buckshot. 
maybe more i don't know but like, i had like level five armor i had a really good armor on and he shot me like twice and killed me and i shot him like nine times and killed and he didn't die but mm-hmm. uh that's what you get when you get to just have a kitted out shotgun and kitted out armor because you are allowed to buy stuff and that happened and i was like well i'm done playing for the day like we just kind of like what i need to do is i need to go in kill like get some kills and get out because when you do that you get like three or four thousand experience and i need another like 30 or so thousand experience to get to level 15. i just need to go in get some kills and get out and every time i do it i roll up on a fucking a fucking chad who's geared to the fucking nines and i just cannot win this fight or they roll up on me what happens i mean either i roll up on them or they roll up on me but just like like it happened a week or so ago where me and Alex, the same thing. We kind of, we spawned in, we kind of hung out, killed a bunch of scavs. He ended up killing a player character. Uh, and then we were leaving and a dude like kind of fo- he'd, he'd fo- found us and followed us. And he was across the road, but like, he's across, across a road and he stands out in the open while Alex and I shoot at him. We both shoot at him and shoot at him. And then Alex dies and then I'm shooting and I'm shooting and then I die. <laughs> we are just shooting him nonstop. And he just tanks all of it, shoots Alex, kills him, shoots me, and kills me. Nice. And it's like, wow, I wonder what it's like to be able just to buy good armor and good ammo. And that level of frustration is really starting to get to me. And I might just I might just take a break and stop playing Tarkov for a little bit. I don't know. Well, that's basically what happened the last time you played. It's like around that level where you'd been playing for quite a bit. Yeah. Now, what I but will... But not s- quite to the yeah. point where you got Let's- the... I don't, I don't have my fucking, like, if I don't have my thousand hours in, which is what it takes to be decent at this game. Um, what I will say, because the reason we quit playing last time, because we, we got to the flea market and we were buying kits and whatnot. Um, we quit playing because every fight, it felt like we were losing to a cheater. Just every single fight, it felt like they were cheating. This time around, very few, if any, of the fights that I've been a part of, I feel like I was a cheater. Like, the guy with the shotgun, I don't think he was cheating. He missed plenty of shots. Like, yeah. I'm not surprised there's one door going into that building. We were shooting people from that building for a while. So he found us and just waited. So, like, that dude wasn't cheating. Um, the dude across the street wasn't cheating. He shot a bunch. Like, he shot at us a bunch. We shot at him a bunch. He didn't, you know, auto one-tap us. So, like, I don't I don't feel like as much cheating is happening. Where, like, because there's not, like, like, rage cheating is where, like, they just have, like, their aimbot on and they're flying, they're flying or they just one-tap you from across the map. Um, ESP would be where they're looking through walls and it just feels like an impossible tactical advantage to overcome. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like those things are happening. It's happened multiple times where like I've come around a corner and I've looked at a PMC and there's that like that half a second of we both kind of say, oh shit in our head because we weren't ready for a fight and then get started. And that's, I mean, that's the key difference to me when I'm playing these games and I, it makes me think you're just literally cheating and you can see through walls is when like I come around a corner and you're shooting at me the second my pixels show up around a corner. Yeah. Because you were just ready, which I mean, a lot of people, uh, most people on the internet will be like, well, that's just because they're really good at the game. And that is some people for sure. Uh, those people are good enough. They might as well be cheating, which is a huge detractment on the game that they exist, but you also can't stop people that are good from playing. I just wish there was better matchmaking, so they played with each other. Um, but, like, I don't think it's just a skill issue. I think the majority of people don't have perfect perception around them and perfect hearing and perfect understanding of where people are. So when I turn a corner, or when someone turns around a corner and is is perfectly aiming at me, I'm very suspicious. And that mm-hmm. has not happened many times. Gotcha. Which is great. Which is, like, like now I'm, I'm the frustrating thing of Tarkov is becoming a problem, but... I don't feel like it's because of cheating. I feel yeah. like it is. I feel like it is a skill issue. 
to an extent. It's definitely an equipment issue, but in the same vein, it's still definitely a skill issue because, like, you can just shoot him in the head. Like, if I was just a better aim, I would win more of those fights. Yeah. Like, I, I have a chance to be better enough to win those fights, where someone who's literally just aimbotting or looking through walls, almost no amount of being better wins those fights. And that has not been happening. I don't know what battle what battle state did to, to do it. Or it's BGS. Battle state games, battle, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they did. I don't know what's changed. But the feeling from the player side, this wipe, is definitely that there's a lot less cheating. Uh, apparently there's a lot more like loot based cheating. So there's that like Hoover cheat where someone can sit in one spot and just open every container in the map and just suck up all Mm -hmm. the good gear. And that kind of sucks. But the like combat based cheating, I have not been experiencing as much, which I'm happy about. That's good. It's, it's a distinct improvement on the game. Oh, but yeah, I don't know if, I don't know how long I'm going to keep playing it this wipe. I might be coming up on my time to take a break and just chill out for a while. And I might, I might bump over to arena because the arena is just like it's just the combat and just the fighting and it's probably where i need to be anyway it just working on my fighting working on my combat working on my shooting skills that might be what i need to focus on and just go do that for a couple weeks just go run and gun and try and shoot people and see what happens yeah at least put yourself in a position where you could in theory win those fights yeah although have i told have you a shot at it did i tell you that the problem with arena the the glaring problem that like i just don't understand how either they don't care or they don't they don't think about there's currently which maybe they just rushed it out there's like no matchmaking there's no like there's or there's at least very poor balancing so there's matchmaking i guess based on like your rank to some degree but there's definitely no matchmaking based on your gear availability mm-hmm. so the way the game works is you when you start you have access to like level one gear kits and you buy them for some nominal fee and that's how you get access to them yada yada and then as you get experience with that gear kit you upgrade to higher quality gear kits. And there's no balancing between like you, Matt, hey, you just started, you have level one gear, uh, and then the guy on the other team has been playing for a while and has max level gear. And like your gun literally cannot get through his body armor. Yeah. You you get a shitty semi-automatic SKS. He has an automatic M4 with a 50 round mag. Good luck. Yep. And like just and uh, a problem with, and like, the game touts itself as a competitive. It's, you can only play ranked. Like it's it's competitive. They want it to be a not necessarily like an esport, but a, a, a competitive. You're trying to win. You care. Yada yada. So there's definitely some issues. But it is a great way to practice the combat in Tarkov. And I probably need to be utilizing it a little bit more, especially when I'm playing alone. Because like the stakes don't really matter that much. Who cares? And it's a chance for me to get more experience aiming, shooting, moving. Yada yada. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that, that basically wraps up what I've been dealing with and what's been going on with me. Um, we're sitting at about an hour and a half, or hour, about two hours. Uh, is there anything else you want to kind of cover this week on the episode? No, nothing in particular. Okay, so we will, I mean, we're, we're going to keep trying. We're probably going to try and keep steering this more and more towards just more pre-modern content. As, as we get more content to discuss, we'll start including it more, but... We're going to start kind of increasing that pre-modern section a little bit. So hopefully you guys like that. Um, If you guys really don't like it, feel free to reach out and tell us. It probably won't change how we structure the podcast, but I think it'll make you feel better to know that your voice has been heard. So let us know. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a democracy. I'm really sorry. Um, 
but uh, also the pre-modern believe- will continue until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> I believe next week is our off week. Correct, Matt? I think it's our we, we we basically do them in chunks of three, and it's our third podcast. Sure. So yeah, because uh, yeah, we did the two that were pretty close together, and then this yep. one. So yeah. uh, we will be off next week. Uh, we we we'll skip a week. Uh, give us a chance to refresh a little bit. Um, it's nice to just take some time off. If something works out great, and we have like I'm not saying we won't record an episode, but the plan is no episode, no episode next week. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys want to reach out to us, if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to tell us that we suck and smell bad and that pre-modern is stupid, uh, cantripcartel at gmail.com, uh, Facebook, Instagram, your cantrip cartel everywhere. Let us know your opinions. Um, I'll be honest. If you want to tell us that, if you if you want to politely disagree with us, I'll be happy to talk to you about it. If you want to just flame us, you're allowed to do that. I probably won't respond. But uh, Matt, is there anything I'm forgetting? Other than the, your smelly, stupid, and whatnot, you're no. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna flame you. <laughs> wait till I come over next time from the barn. I'm no gonna, barn clothes, sir. I'm gonna rub barn shit everywhere. I I won't bring it in the house. I'll just rub rub it on the side of your truck. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you know, nothing nothing too bad. No. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Yep, have a nice night, guys. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Drinking mad, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms are so fearsome, so scary, so legendary. Queering rangers cross the sylvan libraries, for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of Flowers unwound, birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their vision, styles, and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the Cantrip Cartel.